You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Auzubillahi minashaytanirrajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition of the Wednesday Breakfast Show here at the Voice of Islam UK at the Betul Futu Mosque, the House of Victories, the biggest, the largest mosque in Western Europe. Uh, I'm here in the studio today and it is Wednesday the 21st of September. I'm, you know, very excited to let you know that we do have a very interesting lineup of um, topics today that we'll be discussing and as well as a lot of uh, you know interesting guests that we will be inter- interviewing as well so for our first segment as always obviously you know we know you know that we discuss the the weather and the news we'll be getting into that shortly and then after that we'll be discussing our first segment moody weather and uh for our second segment we'll be discussing boost your immune system as well as uh, uh, the last segment we'll be covering uh, how like it can be beneficial to learn a new language. If you do have any questions or any feedback, as always, the number to call in is 020-8687-7878 or you can tweet us at The Voice of Islam UK. Please do not go anywhere and do join us after a very short break where we'll be discussing the news and the weather. Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhi in order to establish the oneness of God, it is of utmost importance that one should love God to one's full capacity. And this love cannot be verified unless it reaches its perfection in a practical form. It cannot be proved with lip profession. You know, if somebody just talks of sugar, he cannot find the taste of sweetness in his mouth. Or... If somebody expresses the feeling of friendship, but does not help his friend in times of need, he cannot be called a true friend. Likewise, if somebody just talks of the oneness of God, but does not love him as he should, it cannot be of any avail. What I really mean is that practice is very important along with the precept. That is why it is necessary that you should dedicate your lives in the way of God. And this is the real Islam for which I have been sent to the world. Thus, he who does not come near this fountain that God has made to flow is very unfortunate. I speak the truth that this is the age in which Muslims according to their belief, and Christians, according to their ideology, were waiting for someone to come. This is the promised time. He who had to come has come, whether anyone accepts him or not. 
God Almighty always manifests mighty signs in support of those whom he sends to the world. He inclines the hearts so that they should accept him. Whatever had been divinely determined in respect of the promised Messiah has come to pass. Whether anyone believes or not, the promised Messiah has arrived, and I am he. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadiyan, the promised Messiah and Mahdi, alayhi salam. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show Day listeners. As always, you know, we discuss the weather and the news. Uh, in terms of the weather this morning, uh, you know, it's looking uh, mm. rather decent compared to the last few days. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, it, it is quite sunny as well. Uh, the sun, the sun uh, coming up. Mm. Um, but it's, it's a bit cloudy. It's as well. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that. Yeah. So it's a little bit. It's a little bit cloudy as well. But the forecast is mm. lo- is looking pretty decent as well. Um, temperatures as high as uh, nineteen, twenty degrees here in South London uh, mm. as well. Uh, but you know, if you look at if you look at the forecast. For um for the upcoming days until the weekend as well, it's looking maybe a little bit a little bit wet as well. Hmm. Um, here here and there. And you know, just a few nights ago, that sudden drop in temperature. Did you feel it? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. I was just sleeping and suddenly you got cold. I mean, that I think a couple of days ago yeah. was the first time I yeah. I actually turned the heating on after <laughs> so after like after months, yeah. you know. Um, I but still, still can't sleep without the noise of a fan, though. I need that white noise. You know, you know that's sleep. the same with me. Yeah. You know? you know, it can be, it can be November, December, mm. January. Mm. It would be snowing outside, but I need yeah. that noise. Yeah, I don't know how. Maybe it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just that. No, you know, people have a white noise machine as well. Yeah, they, they because, do. They do. Because yeah. pin drop, pin drop silence is, is too hard to sleep with pin drop silence. <laughs> I mean, if you're living, it depends where you're living as well. Yeah. If you're living in the suburbs and there's no one yeah. on the road, then yeah, it can get a bit creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're living in the city, then you can still hear the cars, the buses, the but odd even, even then, beep, it's, beep. It's, it's, it's still <laughs> you know quiet, I mean? right? It is, it is still quiet. It is mm. still quiet. I mean, 2, 3 a.m. But it, then I mean, as soon as like someone makes like a loud, there's a loud bang or kids start crying, mm. then you just wake up. Yeah. Cause that's true. not that's not white noise. That's just that's the noise. noise. That's, that's, <laughs> the noise. <laughs> that's yeah. a racket then. <laughs> but then, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's that that, that goes. That's the same with most people. I yeah. think. I mean, it's the same with me as well. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talking about talking about the weather, the I mean, we now you can say. I mean, it's safe to say that we are we are sort of in the the autumn period now. Yeah, and the f- I mean we're we're in the fall now. They're in the fall, mm. the the autumn falls, um, and then you can see also the sudden drop in temperatures. I mean, as I mentioned, that today it will go up to about uh, twenty degrees. Yeah. Um, tomorrow it will go up to twenty one degrees. But then, if you look at the forecast for for the weekend and then early next week, mm. the the highest that the temperature will go is uh, is sixteen degrees on Monday. And, and 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 on Tuesday will be fourteen degrees. Yeah. So that's um that's six that's six degrees or seven degrees uh, difference. Mm. You know, in just uh, in just a week or less than a week as well. And then obviously that know, might not be like a lot in like say you know some tropical countries or mm. 
uh, even uh, our Asian countries. Mm. It's not. It's not a lot. Six, yeah. seven degrees isn't a lot if it goes up or down. But here, it's it's like it's a big it's, difference. It's a big difference because it's in. You you're either know, freezing or yeah. you're always boiling. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's mm. true. I, I mean that is that is what that is what happens at this time of the year as well. Yeah. But then also, um, because we're not sort of used to wearing jumpers and our and our jackets and everything, mm. then we sort of we think we look out we look outside and we think, okay, you know what? It's it's not it's not that bad. It's quite sunny actually. Yeah. And uh, you just go outside without you know without maybe a jumper without a jacket. But then it hits you. The cold hits yep, you, yep. and then and then you get cold, and then you catch a cold. Hmm. So you know it's important to 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 stay to stay warm uh, inside as well as outside as well. I mean, we we know that the temperatures uh, are dropping, but also energy bills uh, are increasing. Hmm. So sometimes um, you know wearing a jumper can be as effective as putting the heating on yeah. uh, as well. So you know you can you can also do that as well. But that's you know that's something that we're going to be speaking about um, in the you know after after the news um, the news roundup as well. We're going to be speaking about um, about the weather and how it sort of t- changes people's perspectives or changes people's day. Sometimes a sometimes bad weather could put people on a mood, mm. and a nice weather, good weather, in in terms of being sunny, yeah. in terms of being nice and hot, warm, mm. that can actually put people's spirits up. And uh, lift people's um, mm. uh, spirits and rejuvenate people's. Oh, but that's something that we're going to be speaking about a little bit. We, we have, you know, touched well. upon this topic a few times uh, before as well. And of course, shows. like other like yeah, other like, topics, like as other well. topics as well. So seasonal affective disorder. I remember doing that once, and uh, another topic like this where you know mood ch- changes with your weather. Yeah. But you know. Um, that's that's just how it is. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a seasonal thing, it's isn't it? It's a seasonal thing, isn't it? Thing, so, so that's why. So, so the topic comes again, right? Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Mm, it's interesting. It's very very interesting as well. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a new angle yeah. as well that we can actually a new perspective uh, and new guests that we can speak to as well. Of course, of course, um, it'll be very so interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. So, in uh, have you f- seen anything interesting in the news lately? You know, one. I mean. Uh, of course, we we, we know uh, on the weekend. Mm. I mean, on on Monday oh, actually. Of course, of course. The yeah. you know uh, the funeral Elizabeth of second, uh, yeah. Her Majesty. I mean, obvi- Majesty yeah. I mean, it, it was a. I think it was the most watched thing televised thing, televised thing since uh, ever. It was more than the Apollo it? Eleven. It broke uh, a record. Moon, la- moon landing. It was uh, bigger than Diana's funeral. Yeah, yeah, it broke the record. Yeah, I mean, I saw more post, the World Cup yeah, as well. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a big thing. Normally. Yeah, I saw a post. I I, I don't think this is true. Yeah, might it was, it was on Instagram, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that uh, so apparently four point one billion people nah, nah, nah. at some point like watched it, and that's more than half the world's population, which I highly doubt. But it was a big, big it televised was a big thing, thing, right? A big televised thing, as big well. televised event. You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, all the positives uh, towards that are, are definitely. I mean, that's that's there. We we don't really need to touch up on that mm. as well because it has been mentioned throughout the week as well. Yeah. I mean, we dedicated the whole uh, of Monday's show mm. uh, to that as well, especially the drive time show. Yeah. Um, but uh, and the, and breakfast shows. Well. The thing is, is that sometimes uh, even people who you know th- there are people who are for the monarch. There are people mm. who are against the monarch yeah. as well. Yeah. Even though those people who are against may be in the minority, hmm. but they, they are, they are still there. And one thing which was quite interesting as well to see was that people were lining up uh, or queuing up for, for hours, for hours, 10, 12, 11, 12 15, 15, literally. Yeah. David like, Beckham himself. I don't know if yeah, you David Beckham was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw he that, I saw he that, said that, his, that. his, uh, like 
his parents and his uh, grandfather, his gr- grandmother, they were like uh, proper royalists. Mm. And he said, my grandfather would be disappointed if I, you know, just just if because I, just, I, yeah, if I, I skipped the queue. Yeah. He got an offer to skip the queue, mm. but he refused and he stood in the queue for 13 hours. And yeah. he said he's just a normal person. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I mean that's that's a big thing. Yeah, for, that's for a big thing yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but, but one thing uh, which I just want to mention as well is that, um, you know, people who were queuing up, mm. they they actually got given blankets. Yeah, they got given blankets, and e- even the people who were for the for the monarch, mm. um, people who who are loyal to the monarch. I mean, of course, we all should be loyal to the monarch, being part of our country. Yeah, but people were saying that you know, it, h- how comes people are lining up hmm. uh, for the funeral to see the funeral and every and everything uh, and they are getting treated uh, in in a good way hmm. but then you get so many people people in hundreds people maybe even in the thousands in fact there, there are people in the thousands up and down the UK that are steeping rough that are homeless they don't get given they don't get given that treatment yeah. the same treatment i mean they, they don't they didn't get given any sort of blankets hmm. they don't really give get given uh, hot foods. They yeah. they don't give they don't get given shelter. Hmm. In fact, wherever the wherever people, real estate agents and uh, you know sort of uh, companies, big big companies and firms, yeah. wherever they can find even a little bit of space, hmm. they 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 build block of flats and everything yeah. Yeah. for residential purposes. Hmm. And then obviously you know gentrification and all of that occurs hmm. as well. Hmm. But you know people who are sleeping rough, they don't get given blankets as well. Yeah. And uh, you know that's a, a sort of a sort of a uh, you know one with one hand is one thing with the other hand it's uh, something else as well uh, mm. and this is this is because there needs to be justice mm. and when there's sort of I'm not saying there's injustice going on no. but what I am saying is that when when any sort of government mm. any anywhere in the world mm. when they are giving priority to one class of people and then they are rejecting or not giving any sort of rights Hmm. to the other class of people maybe the working class or people who Hmm. are even less than them then that that is when frustrations occur and that is when tensions occur and that is when the the whole country or a whole state or a whole region whatever it may be that is when there's uh, you know chaos uh, happening in that particular uh, area as well so Hmm. there needs to be justice on all grounds Uh, I mean that's just uh, something something which I wanted to uh, mention as well uh, something you know some food for thought for mm. for for our listeners in the morning. In in, in regards to what you're just saying as well, yeah. there's another thing that the ranks of the super rich swell by a fifth. The number of people worth more than one hundred million dollars mm. increased twenty one percent in twenty twenty one to eighty four thousand five hundred people in the U S alone. Mm. Yeah, and according to the latest uh, Credit Suisse Global Wealth Report. The U.S. gained uh, sorry. The U.S. gained thirty thousand ultra high net worth individuals, followed by China with five thousand two hundred. The U.K. posted the largest fall with one thousand one hundred thirty. But still, hmm. you know, it just goes to show that th- these three are you know like the biggest countries technically in the world, and the amount of millionaires, multi-millionaires, like people who are hmm. worth a hundred million or more, hmm. their 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 net worth is increasing even in the pandemic in twenty twenty one. Yeah, it increases as well. I mean, so, <laughs> sometimes you begin to wonder mm. that how how does their money even mm. generate? Yeah. But then you see that you know they 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 are the ones who get tax cuts. Mm. They are the ones who you know proportionally they mm. have to pay less taxes than other people. Yeah. And uh, you know 
they may do the odd charity here and there hmm. but then you know according to their wealth hmm. um you know sometimes it can seem as if it's uh, not even that much not yeah. even a big deal for them so that's uh, it, it you know it is a, an interesting hmm. sort of situation that we're actually living in as well especially when the energy bills are rising all of the all of, you know the cost of living is rising as well yeah. inflation is definitely you know there as well there are some cutbacks when it comes to you know fuel hmm. uh, i i think it was today I, w- I drove past the petrol station and it was petrol was 159 159 159 yeah. and the diesel yeah, was, was like one 180ish yeah, yeah 180 in some in some places as well. so i mean that i mean that are, that is a good thing as well that there are hmm. some you know some cutbacks here and there but still the cost of no, living but, you know that's a, the a thing whole that's on, what they've got you thinking there's cutbacks at the start of the year petrol was like 130 yeah i mean that's yeah that's yeah. that's the thing so they 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 you know they put it put the price up and just lower it by a little bit it's like when yeah. you know tesco gets yeah. you to get a club card yeah right I technically mean, yeah, the technically, price is the same but you know as soon as you get the club card you you think oh you're saving money that's the thing that's the thing when you when, when the, i mean there's a marketing thing as well mm. if you think definitely. if they say that this is what you're saving definitely then people will definitely go for that mm. i mean sometimes you get sometimes you know when there's a a black friday deal or christmas sales or new year sales or whatever yeah then it may seem as if oh look at this it's 50% off mm. oh look at this this is 25% off or whatever it may be mm. or even 70% off in some in some places but then you see the the price on normal days it's not you know sometimes it's not even it's not even that 50% off sometimes yeah. it's not even accurate yeah and you know i think it, i think some some retail shops actually got got actually got clocked hmm. people actually realized that hmm. you know before the sale it was the it was this price let's yeah, just say yeah. for you know for for any product hmm. it was 2 pounds hmm. uh and then when the sale was there it hmm. was it was still 2 pounds hmm. and then they said from 2 pounds 50 hmm. it's 2 pounds now yeah, yeah. so the actual price was the hmm. same even hmm. though they said it was hmm. you know this much off hmm. so you know th- there are things to actually look out for so and it, it's quite right what you mentioned as well they if you if you say you have petrol. to be you have to be woke nowadays. you have to you have to be woke so <laughs> yeah. you have to be woke i mean mm. these days it might it might yeah. seem as a as a bad term as a bad term as we did discuss still, on one of our we discussed topics discuss one of our topics as yeah. well but still i mean the connotation to mm. being woke is definitely yeah. is definitely there yeah. but all that what i was saying is that if you if you say petrol is 159 mm. today mm. you might think oh that's that's actually all right. That's that's not bad compared to one ninety yeah, whatever it yeah. was. You know, in the beginning. But it of was the at the start of the year. It was one one thirty, one forty. That's the thing. That's the thing. And even last year, last the year, year before you, that, did you remember when it hit a pound? It went over a pound, and people just went. People lost it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. And now and that wasn't a, that wasn't long ago. That it was wasn't like even long a year ago. ago. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. And when you now now that's what I'm saying. Now you've got the people thinking that one five nine is cheap because it's cheap it, because it, it was yeah exactly that's the thing. That's the thing, so you know it, it, it. I mean, wherever there are, wherever there are, even slight mm. cutbacks, mm. we. I mean, they they are good, but then still, you know, on a whole, because everything is on the rise, the mm. cost of living is on the rise, energy bills as well. I mean, sometimes you look at the figures and you're just like, mm. how, how, why, why is it so much? How is it so high? And uh, yeah. you wonder how people are actually gonna pay you them know, unless unless like in in the world uh, I'm not I'm not like a scientist or anything I don't yeah. properly know but unless we're running out of like natural resources hmm. which we which we will deplete eventually yeah and we need to look at like renewable energies and everything but unless that is happening 
if that was happening, technically we should start rationing, hmm. right? But instead, the prices are just going higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And we we can see even the energy firms themselves. They're saying we're making crazy amounts of profits, hmm. billions yeah. of pounds and dollars just in profits alone. But nothing is being done. Nothing is being done. That there's and no then, like. And then you wonder, yeah. like, are there actually? Is there actually? any genuine you know sort of urge from yeah. from, from the companies or even from the government yeah, exactly. that maybe we need to have proper cuts hmm. i mean yes fine we we here in the uk they yeah. are they are planning to get rid of diesel cars right hmm, hmm. Uh, at the end of 2030 i believe or yeah. whatever it, it hmm. is but still but still well, then you see uh, exactly. the new um, like the plug in hybrids plug in hybrids the, the electric road tax, cars yeah. the road tax on them is like 500 pounds and then you begin to wonder why Uh, you can get cheaper on a diesel car. Exactly. Uh, my exactly. petrol is uh, or is is two hundred and ten. Yeah. Even though that's quite high as well. That's quite and high, it's but it's, but still. But still, but still, it doesn't it, make sense. Doesn't make sense. If yeah. you got a plug-in hybrid, it shouldn't be that much. Mm. Because but they have to make up the money from somewhere else, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and we we, we talked about the insurance thing as well. That way, you have to insure the person. To insure the person on that particular on car. that particular car. <laughs> that's the problem. That's mm. the problem. I mean, sometimes you see. That you know, it's just a money making yeah. money making scheme. Hundred percent. And uh, and you know, when you have yeah. comprehensive insurance and you can drive someone else's other, car, other if they give you permission, well, yeah. a they have to have comprehensive insurance as well. Yeah. And when you drive the car, you're only covered third party. Hmm. So if only someone bumps into you, they'll be covered. Yeah. Nothing. You, no, you won't be covered. I mean, you're, you're not you're not covered as well. Yeah. So yeah. money making scheme. Money money making scheme, isn't mm. it? Money making scheme. So. I mean, you know, these sort of things like a lot of things. Yeah, you know? like you can't go into like a negativity whirlpool sort of thing. Yeah, go down a well and a rabbit hole. You'll never come out of. Yeah. But then you start to realize all of this, and then you, you know, like conspiracy theories, everything. Yeah, you know, it always come to get comes together. But it's it's all there. That's it's the thing. There. It's it's there, and we're just living through it. Yeah, that's the problem. But you know, if you if you look if you look back, hmm. uh, you know, if you look back at uh, you know the three four years yeah. that have just gone by, yeah. they quite you know remarkable or landscape events mm. have actually mm. happened. I mean, yeah. COVID happened, mm. and then now you know the sort of you know you can sort of say uh, the the recession kind mm. of. I mean, not properly yeah. at the moment, yeah. but still we're, but we're yeah, going the, towards the, that. Yeah, in the US, like uh, there was a news article that yeah. in the US it's. Um, Sort of st- starting or started mm, the recession. Uh, the recession. Uh, so the BBC News says recession is the US heading into an ugly downturn. Mm. So that's like it's it's going somewhere. You know the problem is is mm. that when when people are w- working on minimum wage and then the energy bills are going up or cost of living yeah. as a whole is going up, yeah. then people would naturally get get frustrated, and when people get frustrated, then they r- resort to mm. other means. Right, easy money, and you know what easy money is, isn't it? Easy cash. No. Set, you know, maybe going into uh, selling drugs, maybe even you know. This is why you see a lot of a uh, lot of uh, houses, a lot of houses being uh, being burgled hmm. and people being robbed, and uh, you know, the, I mean, you see you see more of that when people are frustrated yeah. because where they're going to get their money from? Hmm. They need to they need to you know uh, make a living. Even if it's a basic sort of basic standard living, hmm. sometimes you know, it's people are even struggling for that. And there are people who are working on minimum wage, or even yeah. less than that, that they rely on funds to actually come in. They rely on you know, sort of universal credit. They rely hmm. on uh, other benefits to actually come in and help them. Yeah. Because you know, the 
disproportionate, hmm. uh, you know, sort of uh, the way of living or the cost of living yeah. and how they're getting paid or how much they're getting paid, it, it doesn't it doesn't add up. Hmm. So this is why, you know, people people get frustrated, they resort to other things. And this is why people, you know, it has, a, it has an effect on people's mental well-being as well. Yeah, people, their mental health. Mental health, exactly. Hmm. People get frustrated. People then, you know, I mean, this is why people, this is why there's a lot of tension going on. Uh, right now as well yeah definitely so dear listeners uh, we do hope you've been enjoying today's show so far um, if you have any questions or feedback do call us in at 020-8687-7878 or you can tweet us at the voice of islam uk we'll be taking a very short break and then we will be delving into our first segment of the morning moody weather we will be interviewing a very interesting guest as well please do join us after the short break Writings of the Promised Messiah In order to establish the oneness of God, it is of utmost importance that one should love God to one's full capacity. And this love cannot be verified unless it reaches its perfection in a practical form. It cannot be proved with lip profession. You know, if somebody just talks of sugar, he cannot find the taste of sweetness in his mouth. Or, if somebody expresses the feeling of friendship, but does not help his friend in times of need, he cannot be called a true friend. Likewise, if somebody just talks of the oneness of God, but does not love him as he should, it cannot be of any avail. What I really mean is that practice is very important along with the precept. That is why it is necessary that you should dedicate your lives in the way of God. And this is the real Islam for which I have been sent to the world. Thus, he who does not come near this fountain that God has made to flow is very unfortunate. With so many attacks on Islam and the Holy Prophet wasallam, let's set the record straight. He was a man of peace. He went through 13 long years of persecution for his beliefs. He was mocked and ridiculed, but he didn't retaliate because he was a man of peace. When he went to Taif to spread the message of Islam, he was pelted with stones until he was bleeding, yet he did not retaliate because he was a man of peace. When he migrated to Medina, he established the Charter of Medina, allowing the Jews, Christians and Muslims to live together in harmony with full religious freedom because he was a man of peace. And after all the oppression that he faced, when he returned to Mecca as a king, he had the right and the power to punish every single one of them. Yet he forgave them because he was a man of peace. The Holy Prophet said that no white man is superior to a black man, no Arab to a non-Arab. Rather, everyone is equal. He freed slaves and taught to treat them as brothers. He did all of this because he was sent as the Rahmatul Lil Alameen, a mercy for mankind. Indeed, the Holy Prophet was a true man of peace.
أكبر أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمدا You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion, and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with The Voice of Islam. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show, dear listeners. Um, we are, you know, heading straight into our first segment of the morning. In this segment, we will discuss how the weather affects our mood as we head into autumn and winter. Hmm. The uh, effects of temperature on several factors, so like bad weather and lower temperatures, are often associated with gloominess, whereas sunshine and higher temperatures often symbol- symbolize happiness and leisure. The weather and temperature can have significant effects um, on the following like it can have um, you know a big effect on the mood Mm. some uh, according to research dating back to 1990s warmer temperatures can make people more prone to losing their temper some theories have uh, even proven increase in violent crime during summer months this is due to a simple reason the heat can be very uncomfortable and discomfort can cause people's mood to plummet Mm. although research can be you know variable and it has proven links between hot weather and aggression on the contrary however clearer skies and warmer weather may lead to a better mood so we have uh, we have our first guest uh, for this part of the show with us uh, on the line Rhiannon Thompson who's a research assistant and PhD candidate at Imperial College London peace be upon you Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for, for being here with us this morning. Um, to begin with, can you please tell us uh, about your research uh, interests? Yeah, so I'm interested in both the direct and indirect effects of physical environment, particularly sort of man-made environmental problems on mental health, um, particularly young people's psychological outcomes, sort of adolescents, young adults. Mm-hmm. When it so when it when it sort of comes to um, mental mental health, how can factors such as the temperature, um, you know, air pollution, the environment, especially when it comes to environmental noise, how does all of that affect people's mental health? Well, I think we sort of um, tend to separate like physical factors and our physical health and sort of social emotional factors of our mental health, but our mind and body are very connected. Our physical health and state of comfort as you were saying affects our mental state and and vice versa um with temperature like as you were saying the sort of sunny sort of moderate weather does seem to improve mood but the Mm. sort of extreme um high temperatures heat waves is associated with as you said aggression 
with psychiatric hospitalization um, and sort of some more severe outcomes like that. It's thought to be mainly because it affects people's sleep. Um, it also makes people physically uncomfortable, as you were saying, but also people that take medications for psychiatric illness are more susceptible to overheating, actually. It interacts um, with temperature um, to make people physically overheat. Hmm. Um, in terms of air pollution, so it's mainly thought to be essentially to do with how the body's immune system responds to these pollutants. Um, it puts the body in kind of a state of stress, which is thought to affect the brain. Um, it's also the case, thought to be the case now that some pollutants, the very small particles, might actually be able to enter and, and reach the brain directly. Um, and in terms of noise, again, as I said, it's sleep. Um, it puts you in a state of physical stress. It can also be kind of distracting from if someone's trying to relax um, and kind of create a sense of overwhelm. And again, um, it can also increase aggression, so it can kind of affect social cohesion and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think what all these things have in common is they can create kind of a state of stress where people aren't relaxed and aren't able to kind of enter a restorative state for their body and their mind. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting how uh, how sort of, you know, the weather, the temperature, um, even air pollution, all of these things, all these factors have uh, have an effect on people's well-being. Um, Talk, you know, moving on to climate change as well. I mean, obviously that's that's linked to this. How how is climate change negatively sort of affecting people's mental health and also emotional well-being as well? But when we talk about when we talk about this, there are different age groups as well. Um, sometimes, you know, young people might be affected more or less. Can you tell us a little bit more about about sort of uh, the age group and how it affects you know different age groups as well? Sure, yeah. So I sort of mentioned direct and indirect effects before. Um, and what we mean by that is there's the effects of being exposed to something in your environment. So with climate change, that might be a natural disaster or a heat wave or sort of flooding, drought, kind of gradual changes to the environment. And that can affect people through, obviously, if there's a natural disaster, that can be quite a traumatic event. Um, if people who are sort of farming communities, indigenous communities who live off the land that can and there are these gradual changes this can just sort of disrupt their livelihoods and their ability to kind of live comfortably have food and water live the way that they're used to living um and these things natural disasters can also cause sort of broader disruptions just to wider health systems so rising temperatures natural disaster events can have knock-on effects on people because they uh, disrupt societal structures. Um, they can cause people to be forced to migrate as well, which can be um, have a negative effect on people's mental health if they have to kind of flee. So these are sort of direct effects of being exposed to climate change in some way. We also get these indirect effects, which are when people are engaging with these issues or hearing about them or watching television about them, mm. that seems to be able to cause distress as well. So people are worried about um, climate change in the future or if they're kind of grieving natural environments that are getting lost so what we're finding in sort of countries like the UK which is sort of less affected by climate change at the moment hmm. a lot of young people like teenagers are very engaged with these issues and are very worried about them so that's where we're seeing more of that indirect distress um, a lot of them kind of seem to anticipate being affected in their lifetime and therefore they're kind of preemptively anxious about it. Mm. 
Mm. Um, in terms of the direct effects, the groups that are more affected are kind of groups that are already more vulnerable, so poorer countries, um, women and children, you know, uh, countries in the global south that are more vulnerable to these events. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to when it comes to policymakers, how how can they and research institutes and mental health practitioners, how can all these work together uh, with young people um, to help alleviate this, um, you know, or, or change, have an impact on uh, on climate change? Mm. Um, so I think in terms of like the mitigation of climate change, the main thing is. Um, the main cause is air pollution, and that comes from transport and industry. So it's about transitioning to like cleaner sources of energy, cleaner modes of transport. And then you have these sort of multiple benefits for mental health, potentially. If you're mitigating climate change, which has all those described effects on mental health, and also improving air quality, which we think has an effect as well. Mm. Um, but when you said with young people, I think that's it's really important. Um, there's evidence that a lot of young people kind of this eco-anxiety that young people are experiencing can be somewhat alleviated when they feel empowered and when they feel involved and they feel like they're making a difference in some way. Um, So that might be in a local project or it might be kind of on the level of listening to them on the level of decision making. Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are, you know, some good things that, uh, that you just mentioned as well. And obviously working together, especially mm-hmm. with people who, who actually do want to make a difference can actually be effective as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just leading on from that as well, what, what, what kind of interventions are, are sort of effective when it comes to this whole issue as a whole? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something we're kind of still looking into. And I think a lot of people working in this area are keen not to kind of make climate-related distress necessarily a psychiatric issue because, you know, a lot of people are arguing that actually it's rational to be a bit worried about it or a bit angry about it. Um, and, you know, you can resolve one person's distress, but there's still the, the overarching environmental issues that are going to have an effect on mental health down the line. Um, but as I say, the there's... It's as promising evidence as to the benefits of be- people being actively involved in some way, and actually, um, whether that's kind of you know doing something on the on an individual level, like recycling or um, cycling, um, or whether it's kind of you know improving green spaces in the community, or whether it's kind of something higher level. But there seems to be a positive effect of doing something in terms of the local environment. There's a lot of positive evidence that spending time in green space and connecting to nature is beneficial. Um, so a lot of it as well, I think, is about creating kind of cities and environments that are more human-friendly, um, that are cleaner, that are quieter, that have these green spaces um, for people to kind of relax in. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. All those things, uh, need, you know, are, are things to which uh, need to be uh, worked on upon as well. Um, if you know the public, uh, if they want to sort of you know get involved, if they want to um, play their bit as well, uh, anything else that that you want to leave with uh, with our listeners? Um, I think so. There's a project that I work on called Climate Cares. We have mm. a website and a Twitter account, um, and there's quite a lot of information on there about kind of things you can do and staying in touch with the kind of research in this area. 
Um, so I'd give that a follow. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, thank you so much, Rhiannon, for, for joining us this morning, speaking to us, telling us a little bit more about, about this as well. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and uh, have a lovely day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, Rhiannon Thompson, mm. who's a research assistant and PhD candidate at Imperial College London. Yep. Some good work uh, that uh, that she is doing as well. And Definitely. Research as well. Definitely. Uh, I mean, it's something to to actually know about as well. I mean, mm. th- one of the reasons why we are doing uh, a, a segment uh, on today's show as well mm. is to is to educate the the, the people, isn't it? Yeah, and raise awareness. Raise well. awareness. Yeah. Awareness mm. is very mm. very much important. It's key. Um, yeah, I mean, all these things are are important for us to mm. actually implement. Mm. And uh, even if in a, even if it's just a small thing. Mm. It may not be a small thing, but even preserving parks yeah. and preserving all these places to actually go there and relax and mm. gr- green areas um, are, are are actually good as well. Sometimes we just see, as I you know we were talking about this before as well, that mm. wherever wherever you know these firms can actually m- find land, yeah. even if it yeah. used to be a park or if it used to be anything else. They just build buildings, mm. Mm. tall buildings, whether they're you know residential flats, yeah. flats, uh, you know offices or whatever, what have you. Mm. I mean, it's, sometimes you just see it, it's a concrete jungle everywhere. Mm. I mean, not just in New York, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you know if you look at yeah. London, various other places, it's just it just seems mm. like that, isn't it? And you know, time and time again, we discuss you know these uh, same topics. They come up again and again. But uh, always that one verse that we always end up quoting from the Holy Quran, which yes. fits to all of these topics. Yeah. Allah bi dhikrillahi tatmainal kulub. Subhanallah. Surely in the hearts of Allah the Almighty, do our hearts find comfort and peace. That's true. That's true. I mean, wherever, however you look at it, wherever we. You actually look at it as well. Um, whether you're living in the city, whether we, whether you're living in the suburbs, um, that peace of mind cannot mm. be there fully. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can get peace of mind mm. transitionally, or you know, for a little bit. Mm. But that constant, that sort of state, mm. that state of um, of a- absolute, you know, mm. you know, just peace. Mm. Right. That that can only come where th- with with the help of God Almighty. Mm. And once you once you've established a relationship with God, yeah. then then that peace of mind can actually be you know be mm. there. You can actually tap into that. Definitely. But if you don't have that, then you you don't know what you're missing. Mm. So this is why we always you know we always encourage our listeners and you know people that we talk to and everyone mm. um, that give it a try, isn't it? Yeah. What, what's 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 the harm in giving mm. it a try if you don't if you don't believe in God mm. or if you Believe in God, or yeah. you know, you don't. You know, maybe you're spiritual, you're not religious, and whatever, right? You know, even, even just give it a try. Mm, even in times of severe distress, like for example, if someone's in a plane or something, yeah. it's about to crash. Yeah, or about to drown, yeah, or, or you're whatever. About to drown, yeah. You're an atheist. You will call out to some sort of higher power. Yeah, you say, "Oh God, help yeah. me!" Or the Hindu oh, say, Jesus. "Oh Ram, Ram," yeah. or whatever, isn't it? Whatever they say, but they, it's it's like an innate thing within us. Yeah, that it's like just it's it's pre-built in us. Yeah. Right, that, so that we just turn to a higher power whenever we're in distress. Exactly, severe, severe distress. Yeah, or like we're about to, yeah, like we know we're about to lose our life. We'll, we'll just we'll call to a higher power. We'll call to a higher power. But then, yeah. as soon as you know you as get better, as, yeah, then, then when you're doing gone. well, then you, then, then, then you, you forget about it. You forget. You, you don't. You don't thank uh, the Almighty for what He's doing for you. Exactly. And um, you know, people don't count their blessings. People don't count their blessings. They, they really should. 
I mean, yeah, definitely. You mm. don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in the next hour or so, mm. isn't mm. it? So you know, live. You know, live your every moment as yeah. if it's as, as if, if it's to the, the last, fullest, right? as if yeah. it's your last as well. So mm. that's you know, do everything mm. to the best of your ability as well. Definitely. Um, so all these things are very. Well, you have very a brief important. audio clip uh, in regards to this. So let's listen to that one shortly. Yes. So Nansab, when we talk about mental health, we see that it's very similar to our physical health as well, and mental health is something that everyone possesses. And just like our physical health has different parts and components, our mental health as well is also divided in, in different parts. Uh, professionals, when they talk about mental illnesses, they categorize uh, mental illnesses into seven disorders. And that's mood, so that's like depression and having a bipolar uh, disease, uh, anxiety, uh, personality, uh, at the same time uh, um, eating disorder, and post-traumatic stress and uh, um, drug abuse. So if someone's consuming drugs, uh, it, it affects their, their um, health their, their, their health as well. So when we talk about mental illnesses, um, you know, all across the board, these mental illnesses can be uh, you know, confined within these seven branches. <clears throat> so uh, it, what does it really mean to be uh, you know, mentally healthy? Is it just to not possess any of these seven uh, signs or seven symptoms, or is there some more to it? Yeah, so there's actually quite a bit more to it. Uh, essentially, when we talk about mental health, uh, nowadays especially, we always talk about the negative aspect of it, but there is a concept of being mentally healthy, and we need to understand what that means. What does it mean to have a good mental health? If somebody is physically healthy, they have good physical health, we, we have a notion of what that means. So we have to ask ourselves, if, uh, if somebody has a good mental health, what does that mean? How is it defined? Mm -hmm. So the World Health Organization, in regards to health in general, defines health as not merely the absence of disease or infirmity or illness, but rather they say that it is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. Now that's the definition for health in general. But mental, but mental health specifically is defined as a state of well-being in, in which a person is able to realize and understand what their potential is, has the ability to cope with the normal stresses of life, um, is able to work productively and fruitfully if they so desire, and if they so desire, has the ability to contribute to their social circles and their communities. So that was an extract uh, from a Beacon of Truth episode in Canada, you know, briefly talking about mental health. Uh, also in regards to this, um, the um, current caliph of the MD Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, uh, stated in one of his addresses that most of the patients nowadays who have an anxiety problem, it is because they are too much inclined towards worldly things. So if you try to get closer to Allah the Almighty, then at least 80% of your anxiety will finish and go. So you are lucky that Allah the Almighty has given you the chance to be a member of that community that is following the reform of the age, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, whose advent was foretold by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He asked us that, uh, that instead of running after worldly things, strive to get closer to the Creator, giving you satisfaction and comfort. And, you know, the, this uh, very beautifully, you know, just uh, sums up our um, topic of this morning, moody weather and like, you know, what you can do to put yourself in a better mood regardless of the weather. So, dear listeners, we do hope you've been enjoying today's show so far. We'll be taking a very short break and then we'll be listening to the news as well. We will uh, be delving into our second segment of the morning 
boost your immune system and we'll be interviewing some interesting guests then as well. So don't go anywhere. Please do join us after a very short break. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, in this part of the show, we're, we're talking about, um, we're, talking, we're going to discuss how to boost your immune system, especially when we start to go, uh, when we start to go. Uh, indoors as well as outdoors as well now you know something which is uh, sometimes people take this uh, lightly um, and that is eating a balanced diet I mm. mean we say mm. we say this a lot right we say yeah. have a balanced diet eat your mm. five a day vegetables your greens everything your fruits and vegetables mm. but sometimes it's, it's you know it's just one of those things which is just it's just a habit you just say okay yeah. you know what let's eat healthy um, you know eat Eat everything which is on mm. your plate, um, but we we don't actually sort of take that into perspective all the time. Mm. Sometimes we some, because there's so many different diets as well. You, you yeah. have to understand people. You know, people. There's, there's vegetarians. There's mm. there's vegans. Mm. People who who are doing uh, keto diets, mm. other sort of diets as well, leaving out protein, leaving mm. out. I don't know. What, what, I mean, there's so many different things. It's sort of it becomes quite difficult to actually keep that. Keep that balance as well. Hmm. Um, of course, we'll be speaking about uh, what Islam uh, says in terms of uh, in terms of this as well. Hmm. But just to just to give a little flavor, the Allah the Almighty mentions it mentions in the Holy Quran that eat and drink, but do not exceed the limit. Hmm. You know, don't no. go on uh, on either ends. Sort of, no. you know, don't don't just cut out one thing hmm. and uh, you know indulge so much in in another thing yeah, as well. So yeah. keep Kulu that. Keep well, One, two, three, four. Four. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm delighted to say we do have online with us our first guest uh, of this uh, segment with us this morning, Professor Ian Humphreys, who is a professor of viral pathogenesis and a Wellcome Trust senior fellow working in the School of Medicine, Cardiff University. His laboratory researches immune responses to viruses. Seek, uh, uh, viruses seeks to understand the factor that influence these responses. Good morning. Uh, peace be upon you and welcome to The Breakfast Show, Professor. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Just to begin with, could you um, tell us how does our immune system work to protect us? Yeah, so, so what our immune system does is it essentially can recognise what's our body and what isn't. So is it, it wants to sort of recognise germs, so things like bacteria and viruses that cause disease, and it mm. does it in a couple of ways. So it first produces antibody which are these claw-like molecules and what they can do is recognize and stick to the outside of viruses and bacteria and stop them from infecting us um, yeah. the other thing is what's called the cellular immune response so you, everyone would have heard of white blood cells mm. and what these do is sort of hunt, hunt around the body to recognize and kill some of our cells that have been infected with viruses for example so in these two ways the immune system stops us from getting infected or if we do get infected with, with, with germs 
actually clears them as safely and quickly as possible. Yeah. And um, so what what are some of the steps that we can take to, you know, help Im- uh, improve our immune system? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting listening to, to, to you talking about healthy eating. I mean, yeah. that's clearly one of them. I think, I think when we're talking about improving our immune system, we've got to realize it's a double-edged sword. So mm. although it can protect us from infections, actually it can go wrong and actually cause certain diseases. So things like broad range of diseases from arthritis to dementia can actually be underpinned by bad immune responses which are inflammatory responses so Mm. a a lot of things we can do to to help improve and and have a healthy immune system is is to lead a healthy lifestyle so you talked about balanced diet and that's really important these calorie rich western diets are really bad for the immune system Mm. because they can help uh, drive these bad inflammatory immune responses so eating your greens is a good thing it helps yeah. your immune system in your digestive tract yeah. you know, poor sleep is another thing that can dampen down your antibodies mm. and some of your white blood cells smoking you know, again is bad for your white blood cells yeah. and some of the things you can do to help is increasing your, your physical activity get your blood flowing because this can also increase the circulation of, of your white blood cells to help protect you from infection mm. um, and the other thing is stress you know, physical activity is good at reducing stress and the stress hormones that are produced when we are stressed also can dampen down the immune system. So yeah. there's lots of things that we can do just leading a healthy lifestyle that, that, that can help. I mean, there's also, obviously, if you go into shops, there's lots of dietary supplements that, mm. that, that claim to boost the immune system. You know, there is some evidence, things like vitamin C, zinc, things like this are, are shown in certain studies yeah. to, to help boost the immune system. But, you know, it, it, these are not magic bullets. Mm. Some evidence to suggest they don't work. I, I think it, one has to be somewhat careful with such dietary supplements because, you know, they can also boost bad immune responses if yeah. you're suffering from a, a disease that's driven by those things. So certainly contact your doctor before, before taking these and, and, and also... Bear in mind, you can take too much of these things and actually cause harm as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes um, we see some parents like uh, they they'll say to their kids or something that if something drops on the floor, they'll be like, "It's fine, eat it. It will be good for your immune system. Like it will help build your immune system. Um, the germs will help." Is, is, is there like any sort of truth to this, or is it just a myth? Yeah, there is. I mean, there's this thing called the microbiome, which you know is, is, is almost like your second genome. So, so yeah. the microbiome is lots of healthy good bacteria that mm. live in your guts on your skin and 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 these are these are good things um whether it means you should be picking things up the, off the floor <laughs> it is I'm, I'm not gonna say that, that, yeah. that people should do that mm. but essentially you know things like all the antibacterial hand washes we use all, all mm. the time yeah. um, it is it, 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 a little too much really because of these healthy bacteria give a, give a good balance to the immune system and certainly mm. things like allergies are more common yeah. in, in the western world where we live in quite sterile environments so mm. there is some truth to, to, to that certainly mm. and you know as we're heading into winter uh, what would you suggest that we do to stay healthy so certainly we keep keep the good habits it's so easy isn't it when it's cold yeah. and dark to yeah. comfort eat and you know, I, I for one sometimes my sleep's not as good in the winter because mm. it's darker evening yeah. and things like that. Um, and 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 so trying to keep those habits is a really good idea. I mean, one thing, and it's really tough with everyone worrying about 
energy bills at the moment, but keeping warm is, is good for your immune system. It's certainly shown, for example, immune responses in the lung that if, if the colder they are, the less well they work. So, you know, try and keep warm, wrap up warm. You know, the thing that our parents tell us, you know, wrap up warm or you catch a cold. There's, there's truth to that. Um, certainly looking after yourselves and others. I talked about stress being bad mm. for the immune system. Um, and you, you do wonder post-COVID whether we should all be thinking more about others and, and, you know, rather than if you've got a cold going into work, if you can work at home, do work yeah. at home. Yeah. You know, certain societies pre-COVID, you know, Japan, for example, you know, people wear masks on public transport, mm. even mm. If, they're, if they're feeling a, a little unwell. And yeah. I think these are things we need to think about. The world's different now, isn't it? And mm. I, I think keeping each other safe if we're feeling a bit under the weather is an important thing we should all, all try and do as well. Definitely, definitely. Uh, could you inform our listeners, uh, you know, of the laboratory research that you have conducted regarding immune regulation and uh, antiviral control? Yeah, sure. So, again, it's back to this idea that the immune system's a double-edged sword. There's, there's good immune responses and bad. And, and in COVID, for example, um, mm. there's a lot of excitement because this cheap drug that suppressed the immune system helps the most severe cases. And the idea is that actually these bad inflammatory responses actually yeah. causing some of the severe disease. Now, that, that, those drugs are great, but they're quite blunt tools. So we're mm. interested in understanding the finer details of what causes and drives a bad immune response with the idea of developing new drugs to treat different infections and the diseases they cause. Um, on the flip side, we're interested in certain circumstances of boosting immune responses to viruses. So again, from COVID, the Oxford-AstraZeneca COVID vaccine was essentially, what that was, was a virus. So yeah. it was a cold virus. They put a bit of the coronavirus that causes COVID into. So mm. because this cold virus causes a big immune response, they also were able to direct the immune response towards the COVID virus. Yeah. And, and so that was the vaccine. Mm. So what we're doing is taking a similar approach, but instead of putting a bit of the coronavirus into the vaccine, what mm. we're doing is taking proteins that are in cancers, yeah. and putting those into these viruses. Mm. So we're making cancer vaccines. Yeah. So with cancer, you know, in, in certain types of cancer, the, the, the primary tumor is, is removed, but then the cancer comes back. And mm. what we're interested in doing is understanding whether you could vaccinate people at that stage and potentially protect them from the cancer coming back. So, so there we're, we're wondering how can we boost the immune response that viruses cause and this time redirect that towards cancer and yeah. hopefully protect from cancer development. So, so we're sort of interested in, in the two different sides of an immune response to a virus. Do all cancers like stem from the same sort of thing? Like, but there's many different type of cancers. Like, you know, there's breast cancer, there's lung cancer, leukemia, uh, ma many different cancers. Yeah, there there are different cancers, and um, I think this approach won't work for all of them. Yeah. But certainly, we can learn by studying different cancers how best to direct an immune response towards that cancer and, and understanding how or when is the best time to potentially target cancers. And you know, the vaccination approach isn't going to work for all of them. But yeah. also, certain people are genetically predisposed mm. to certain cancers. So there's certain individuals you could actually predict may develop particular yeah. cancers and you could vaccinate them prior to that. When you talk about uh, homeopathic uh, medicines, um, mm. does that does that sort of uh, work in the same way as well? Sort of, you know, as you mentioned, 
um, for the vaccine for the coronavirus, you sort of inject a little bit of the virus so that the immune system actually reacts to that as well. But when it comes to when it comes to homeopathic medicines, does that also work in the same way? Sort of, if we give someone you know arsenic album, uh, uh, you know that I mean, if you just give one give that to someone as a remedy, that might work uh, in a positive way. But if you just give someone arsenic album, you know raw, then that might actually be you know quite quite dangerous or even fatal. Does that does homeopathic work in the same way as as these? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not too um, sure of a lot of the data on that in terms of what clinical studies have been done. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I always recommend caution. Um, certainly, taking things that, that that there's not clear, robust data on. I, I think I think one needs to be somewhat careful. I know there's some evidence that some of these homeopathic approaches can work. It's just, yeah, these can be context dependent, and I, I think mm. you know. More, more, more information and more data is required. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, thank you so much, Professor, for for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, um, and uh, have a lovely day. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, and thanks for having me. Bye bye. So that was a quite interesting uh, speaking to Professor Ian Humphreys uh, over there as well. Um, let's uh, swiftly move on to our next guest who is on the line with us, Professor Mohammed Sajid Arshad from the Department of uh, Food Science from the Government College University from in Faisalabad, Pakistan. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the show. Oh, walaikum assalam. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Uh, both of us uh, presenters uh, over here in the studio are also from Faisalabad. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice speaking to you as well. <laughs> so just to begin with, for, for the benefit of our listeners, what exactly is the immune system and where is the immune system actually located within, within the body? Yeah, actually, uh, the immune system basically comprised of not uh, one thing, is particularly number of different organs involved. Uh, you can say the major uh, organ you can say is the bone marrow. So bone marrow and also our the gut. Uh, we can also say the GIT. This tract also plays a very important role because you know uh, you know uh, in the uh, past uh, due to COVID, uh, lot of people everybody is talking about the immune system, a weak immune system. If some has a weak immune system, that means the attack of the viruses are more. So a major, the, if the gut, we have the bifidobacteria, basically we can say the beneficial bacteria. If we have the more beneficial bacteria, that means that is good for the immune system. So particularly we can say in our body, the bone marrow and the lymphatic system, and particularly the GIT, these are the major areas for the immune system as well. <laughs> Just uh, one more question then, Dr. Asher, because you've uh, authored about 65 publications and 10 book chapters uh, you know, that, that are credited towards you as well. How can we improve our, our immune system then? What can we do to improve that? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, uh, in the few days uh, by, uh, during the start of the COVID, I have an article particularly on the improving the immune system by using the green foods. So 
I particularly focus on the plant-based diet for improving our immune system. In my country, when people are suffering from COVID, then the doctors mostly focus on the diet, uh, which diet which are particularly rich in vitamin D, vitamin C. So if we improve our immune system, so particularly different uh, macro minerals and uh, you can say uh, the different vitamins, these can improve our immune system. So if we talk about uh, what are the that ones, so you can say the vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc minerals, these are the major contributors for improving our immune system. In addition to that, there are some plant-based, uh, you can say the Moringa is very famous uh, in my country that people use for enhancing their immunity. immunity. If they have the good immunity, that means that they fight against infections and the chance of infection is very less if people have the good immune system. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, very interesting. Well, Professor, well, thank you so much for joining us uh, on our yeah. show today. Uh, until next thank time, assalamu alaikum. Thank you, thank you. That was uh, Professor Muhammad Sajid Arshad, who is a, from the Department of Food Science from the Government College University, Faisalabad, Pakistan. Thank you so much to him. Um, so it's, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, mm. And it is important to not just have a, a good... Uh, you know, to, to improve the hu- immune system, to have a balanced mm. diet, but also to ha- make sure all those things which you're, you know, which you're doing, which you're used to when it comes to physical exercise, maybe yeah, as well. Definitely. Uh, keeping that, keeping all of that in check uh, mm. as well. We do have a brief audio clip for you uh, in regards to boosting your immune system. So let's listen to that one. Also, doctors are generally advising to pay attention to rest in order to increase our immune system. And therefore, attention should be paid towards getting enough sleep. And so, make sure you have enough sleep, yourselves and also your children. An adult should get 6 to 7 hours of sleep, and children require 9 to 8 or 10 hours of sleep. And so, attention should be paid towards this, and it should not be the case that one stays awake watching television up until midnight, and then in the morning misses the Fajr prayer, and thereafter gets up in a rush for work that one has to get to in a few hours, and remains lethargic and lazy throughout the day, along with tiredness from work, and so this is how diseases and illnesses attack. In the same manner, instill this habit of sleeping early and waking up early within children as well, having 8-9 to hours of sleep. Furthermore, avoid eating junk foods from shops, especially crisps that people give to children to eat, or such foods that have preservatives in them. These are harmful to health and should be avoided, because such foods also slowly weaken the human body. Doctors are also advising to continuously drink water in these days. It is essential to drink some water every hour or every half hour or so. And this is also a way to stay protected from illnesses. So, you know, um, we've discussed on previous shows as well uh, Mm. that how Salat, prayer, is also, you know, very good for your not only your mental well-being, but also your physical well-being as well. As in it has a lot of like orthopedic benefits as well. So according to a hadith of the um, a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, he has reported to have said that inna fi salati shifa. Verily, there is a cure in salat. Um, according to a Muslim scholar in the monthly Urdu magazine uh, Tahzibul Akhlaq um, in Aligarh, India, a Muslim who offers salat regularly has very little chance of getting arthritis as we exercise our bones and joins 
uh, and joined uh, joints while we offer salat. It's, mm. it's very interesting. That's interesting as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when it co- because uh, salat, if you if you think about it, it is mm. a you know a physical exercise uh, definitely as well definitely. So as we mentioned in the beginning, um, that you know your your eating habits should be should be in balance. Mm. Uh, your physical activity should also be in balance. But then also other things such yeah. as, uh, of course, physical physical well being, your physical activities. But then your sleeping patterns uh, mm. as well. Mm. Um, you know, you should make sure you're getting enough sleep. Uh, also. So we'll be taking a very short break uh, before we move on to our last segment of the morning. Is it worth learning a new language? So please do not go anywhere and do join us after a very short break. Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. In order to establish the oneness of God, it is of utmost importance that one should love God to one's full capacity. And this love cannot be verified unless it reaches its perfection in a practical form. It cannot be proved with lip profession. You know, If somebody just talks of sugar, he cannot find the taste of sweetness in his mouth. Or, if somebody expresses the feeling of friendship, but does not help his friend in times of need, he cannot be called a true friend. Likewise, if somebody just talks of the oneness of God, but does not love him as he should, it cannot be of any avail. What I really mean is that practice is very important along with the precept. That is why it is necessary that you should dedicate your lives in the way of God. And this is the real Islam for which I have been sent to the world. Thus, he who does not come near this fountain that God has made to flow is very unfortunate. to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB via the internet 24 hours a day. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with The Voice of Islam. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome back to The Breakfast Show here on The Voice of Islam Radio. In this part of the show, 
Uh, on this segment, we'll discuss how learning a new language can increase our human capital and determine if it's actually worth learning. Um, you know, all that all that vocabulary hmm. uh, as well. You know, do you see some uh, some people who learn more than one language? They are more likely to 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 get uh, uh, accepted in a, in a, in a job. Uh, you know, if if there's one person who, who only knows one language and another person who you know same credentials, but that person knows a different language uh, as well, then that person is more likely to to actually get the job as well. I don't know, uh, it's something which uh, which firms and companies actually uh, like as well. And according to an article by the Financial Post, studies have shown that learning a language can add ten to fifteen percent to your wages. You know, they just mentioned and increase your chances of being hired. So that's mm. it is it is uh, you know statistically sort of uh, proven as well. Yeah. Um so it is you know it is something which which is actually worth it as well even in schools you know secondary schools mm. there is another language that you learn maybe Spanish or French uh, or any other European language but there is there you know there's a whole sort of s- subject dedicated to languages as well. Yeah. So um we do have uh, our first uh, guest for this segment with uh, with us on the line this morning uh professor Katrin Kohl uh who grew up in Munich Germany with a german father and an english mother she has studied english and german at london university after university she took an interest in languages where when she spent some time teaching english for business um purposes in madrid and learned spanish also good morning peace be upon you and welcome to the breakfast show professor Good morning. Uh so you know um how has the chair of German studies position at Newcastle University helped you further your interest in German? Right. So I'm actually um a faculty lecturer at the University of Oxford. Yeah. Um so uh that's um a role in which I combine lecturing in German literature. Yeah, yeah. Um examining research and administration and I run a number of um programs. I run um outreach um activities and uh I'm in charge of admissions and teaching for modern languages students at Jesus College at hmm. Oxford University. Yeah. Uh okay, uh, apologies for that one. Um <laughs> What what advice um, can you give to our listeners who are also interested in learning German and taking it further in their studies? Well, I think German is a hugely important language in Europe, um, yeah. and uh, I think uh, it's always worth learning really any language and that that you're interested in and that you find an interest in. And as one studies the language, one becomes much more interested in the culture. Hmm. and germany has a very rich culture in historical terms and also in contemporary terms in philosophy in music um i was struck for instance by the um number of german composers that formed part of the funeral march hmm. um music um for, for for the queen so the intersections between different nations within europe go very deep and go um very far far into the past and if you learn about another if you learn another language you're also learning a huge amount about the culture and you get to be much more interested in the culture yeah. you talk to people um and then you it really opens up a whole new world and a whole different cultural context where you also understand more about your own cultural context yeah yeah definitely 
And um, are there any? Can you tell us about the methods that you used personally to learn German? And like, m- what's like, uh, what would you suggest to our listeners? What they can use as well, if and how those me- methods work, and why they were beneficial for you? Well, I I grew up in fact as a native speaker of German. Yeah. Um, so I grew up bilingually with English and German. Um, so learning German as such wasn't difficult for me. But what I think um, is important that any language that you have in your background, and I think there are, there are for instance, in our primary schools in the UK, there are um, some 20% of children who have a different home language to, um, to, to English. And often that's not valued that much, and they simply take it for granted. And um, whereas if they really built on that and learnt the vocabulary and really attended to what their grandmothers or mothers or fathers or um, friends um, know in their language, then valuing that and paying attention to it and increasing your knowledge of it, what you've, as it were, got around you, um, is hugely important and can be hugely valuable in later life um, and in your relationship with people at all times. Um, if you're learning, a, and for, for me, um, learning Spanish was, was the challenge and learning French. So I learned French at school and I learned Spanish later on when I went to Spain and taught English there. And I think um, there, there's, two, there's, in a way, three aspects to learning a language. Mm. One is learning the vocabulary. Yep. And without vocabulary, you can't communicate anything. So um, that can be, in, a, in some ways, quite easy to learn, but also quite boring to learn. So, and there are excellent apps that you can use um, that uh, help you to learn languages and that you um, and, and to learn vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and if you and so I think that is something that one can do on one's own um, because the app gives you lots of prompts and it will. Um, I mean, there's one app that's just that. Uh, I mean, there there are lots of apps which have sort of a game aspect to it that make make vocabulary mm. learning more interesting. Definitely. And the more you expand your vocabulary, you will always be able to get across a basic message. Mm. Um, so I found that going to Italy, for instance, just knowing certain words, you can you can. You can you can get quite a long way with that, but if yeah. you want to take your language further, then you also need to learn some grammar hmm. to see how it all fits together. Um, and for that, it's very very helpful to have a teacher. Yeah. But again, um, you can get quite a long way with um, with what's online and with 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 online courses. Um, and uh, above all, I think um, try and find somebody who speaks the language. Um, you can do language exchanges. Sometimes, perhaps, you can um, you can get in contact with somebody who speaks German, Spanish, or mm. whatever the language might be, um, and you can teach them some English, and they can teach you some uh, German, Spanish, and so on. So, I think those would be um, ways in which I would uh, suggest moving forward. But I, I do think that vocabulary learning is hugely important, but also putting it into the context of using it and seeing how it's used. So, watching films can be a great way to expand your language and you can often get them with subtitles you can yeah. work out what are people saying mm. you can compare it with the subtitles and mm. Professor, you know, with these uh, European languages as well, did you, did you, you must have seen some similarities as well, isn't it? From from Spanish to French and German um, yes. and that, that must, have made it, must have made it a bit easier, isn't it? To, to, to yes, to it makes adapt. it much easier so um, I, I learned a bit of Latin at school and I learned some French and obviously those languages are very closely related. But then also, of course, in English, 
we have a huge range of words that come from Latin, um, often through French. So I think one of the really interesting things about language that I've found is if we, if you trace back um, the roots of the language of of, of the of, of the vocabulary that we have in our language and see where it comes from, and often through that you can make words stick much better hmm. because you're kind of making those connections and seeing that it might just be a difference in pronunciation, but actually the roots of the of the words are the same, and that's called etymology. And there's a huge range of research on that, but it's also something you can do with a if you if you get a big dictionary or look online and in, in, in a um, see to see what the etymology of, of certain words is um, that can be absolutely fascinating to follow up because you start seeing how interconnected all the languages are and certainly say French Italian Spanish if you know some French you can often work out what an Italian word we means or a Spanish word means um, and the same if you start with Spanish then you can um, build on that and I think the I think the secret is really is to be as interested as you can in it and to follow up little threads that you find interesting because that sustains your interest then and it makes things stick more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. I mean, we, we, we think the same the same thing as well. Professor, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been an absolute, uh, an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Um, thank you once again and have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's let's um, just quickly move on to our next guest who is on the line with us as well, Professor Ali H. Al-Huri, who is an associate professor of English language and is based in Saudi Arabia and completed MA degree at uh, Essex University and his PhD at the University of Nottingham. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning to you and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being with us uh, this morning. And um, just to start off, could you tell or begin by telling our listeners how your interest in the English language actually started? Um, I my interest in learning English developed because of literature. You know, once you start reading literature and once you start um, gaining interest in literary works, there is loads of them in English in the English language. So when I joined university, we had these um, literature courses, and I, you know, I started delving deeper and deeper in this literature. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Now, can can you tell us a little bit about the about you know on the multiple awards that you've uh, that you've received as well, such as the 2021 award for an invention that can sort of detect incorrect pronunciation in a second language? That's quite interesting. Yeah, so, you know, one of the most difficult aspects of, in learning uh, English in particular compar- in comparison to other languages is correct pronunciation. And the reason why it is difficult is that the way English words are spelled is in many cases very, very different from how they are pronounced. <laughs> yeah. So for yeah, for many people who don't do not live in English-speaking countries, their only resource to learning a language is books, and so it's very easy to mislearn the pronunciation of a word because how it is, how it looks like, and keep repeating that mispronunciation for years before realizing that that's not actually the correct pronunciation. 
So this application that I worked on recently is based on machine learning algorithms that um, can detect speech using a technology called automated speech recognition technology. So this technology can detect human language and it's to an amazing degree. For example, there are some homophones in English like there. The word there can have different meanings in English. There is there as opposed to here. There is there as opposed to his. There is there in there are. So automated speech recognition technology can tell which there out of these options you mean from context. So this application is is a, actually a ring that um, the learner can put on around their finger and it detects language and when there is an incorrect pronunciation, um, it gives a minor vibration that only the individual use the user feels this vibration to to realize that there's an incorrect pronunciation in their um, speech. So this is a discrete way of that saves face, especially in conversations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in some cultures, it's kind of rude to correct people's pronunciation, especially if that person is in authority, like a boss or something, mm. or a senior person, there's a lot of face issues here. So this is a discrete and face-saving approach to detect pronunciation. Mm -hmm. So wh what are your suggestions for those people who would like to correct their mistaken pronunciation You know, when they learn a new language? Yes, so... Um, in, in any language, not necessarily in English, there is always different dialects and accents pretty much in every city you go. In mm. fact, even if one city is big enough, you could have different accents and dialects in different parts of that single city to the extent that um, some people may be able to recognize where you are from from hearing you say just one sentence or even less. Yeah. Now, for learners of a language, this can be confusing if there are so many accents and dialects in the country. And it gets even more confusing if you live in a country that doesn't speak English every day, in a foreign country. So, again, your only resource is books, and in English, spelling is different from pronunciation. So, so people in a foreign country can, you know, we have technology nowadays, thankfully, like listening to the radio and TV and and um, other uh, other means. So it's kind of easier nowadays. But still, there are many low-frequency words that do not frequently appear in in these shows, especially academic words and academic vocabulary that students need in their studies. So one tip for students is to learn the to learn the phonemic chart which show which shows you how the language it, it, it is pronounced actually but in writing mm -hmm. so today you know in the past we used to, to use book dictionaries nowadays most learners just simply use Google 
you know, they put in the word and just find out the meaning. And this is good and efficient, but the thing is, some people develop the habit of only looking for the meaning and not also the pronunciation. And they might be misled by how the word looks like. It might look like a simple word, but the pronunciation might be actually different because how um, uh, English words are written. So, yeah, students should develop the habit of checking the pronunciation also, not only the meaning of, of new words. Another tip is just record yourself. Again, we have these smart devices everywhere now, so it's easy to record yourself and then listen to yourself, or even better, um, film yourself talking and then look at it. You can see yourself, not just listen to yourself. It might give you a different angle of your pronunciation. You could also um, listen to somebody saying a, a group of sentences and then record yourself seeing these sentences and then compare your pronunciation to that person's pronunciation. But anyway, what, uh, what I should emphasize here is that correct pronunciation is not all about accent. One of the mis misconceptions is that learners think and expect that by learning a language means you also adopt British accent or American accent or Australian accent or whatever. But in this modern day and age, Having an accent is no longer looked down upon. And in fact, many people would consider it a source of pride to have an accent from your mother language. And even on the BBC nowadays, we even see a variety of accents that are perfectly acceptable. So what actually matters at the end of the day is not accent, it's the intelligibility of your pronunciation. If you speak intelligibly, then your accent doesn't really matter, and perhaps more importantly, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, just lastly then, uh, what advantages have you gained from, uh, from learning a new language like English? Uh, so what, what, what are they? Yeah. So the typical answer you hear to this question is that learning a foreign language would broaden your scope, opens your eyes to another culture. But when it comes to English specifically, nowadays English is a global language and it, and it is the language of information. So as I said previously, now Google has become today's dictionary, but for many other you know, aspects of life. If you have a problem with your car, Google it. Hmm. If you have a problem with your, in your computer, Google it. In fact, the word Google has entered the English dictionary as, you know, searching for information online. This is not true for other languages or many other languages. In many other languages, if you search for information online, hmm. you won't find much information. So, if you don't speak English, in a sense, in this modern age, you are almost illiterate because it's like walking into a huge library but you can't read any of the books. You, know, you have all this ocean of information online, but you can't read it. 
So, and and if this is for everyday stuff. When it comes to science, when it comes to technology, the situation is even bigger. So, um, you know, some people raise this question, so why don't you use a different language, for example, to teach medicine, for example. There have been some calls hmm. to, for example, Arabize medical education, that is, use Arabic as the teaching language in programs uh, for medicine. Now, this is not impossible, but it's very tricky. One reason is that, you know, fields like science, engineering, technology, keep changing and developing all the time. There is, you know, in medicine, for example, every other day there is a new study with a new discovery. Now, if you translate textbooks into, you know, one textbook into Arabic and assign it in, an, in a program, in a medical program, how are you going to update it? You need to have a system for updating. Another problem, if students, say medical students, can't read English, how are they going to be able to follow scientific advances and read academic articles? This is a problem. And if they can't, how can they be abreast with the latest in their field? This is a problem. So yeah, there are many, many issues to consider before um, thinking to Arabize, you know, technology or medicine or engineering, for example. Though in Saudi Arabia, we, res we, we have an entity called King Salman Global Academy for Arabic language. And this establishment is, uh, serves Arabic language and has several programs to promote Arabic. For example, a recent uh, and a very ambitious project they are working on is to develop key performance indicators of how wide, widespread Arabic language is. And in my opinion, this is a historic attempt to measure Arabic language globally. They have developed, you know, 30 plus indicators and they are going to implement these indicators in, in a group of countries, including Arab countries, non-Arab Muslim countries, and non-Muslim countries. And experts are Pro eager. Professor, uh, uh, you know, we uh, talking about uh, we're talking about you know Arabic and how you know promoting this. I mean, we. Uh, from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we also we also you know sort of promote that as well, uh, and it's uh, you know something which you know the 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 founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the Promised Messiah upon whom be peace, he actually wrote a book which which said that the Arabic is the mother of all of all languages as well. So it is something which is uh, something which we promote as well, and we want we want to continue speaking to you as well, but because the time is uh, coming a little bit short. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure speaking to you, Professor. Until maybe, you know, uh, next time in the future, we will speak to you again. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time right now. Um, let's uh, swiftly move on to our next guest who is on the line with us as well, another Professor, Professor Zhao Landkud. Uh, Christensen, who is a professor of language and education at the Department of Education, University of Bath. Peace be upon you. Good morning and welcome to the show, Professor. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much Good for. Good morning to you. 
Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Um, t- to begin with, can you please elaborate on your role as a professor of applied linguistics in education at the Department of Education, please? Um, yes, as a, um, as a professor of applied linguistics, I have uh, several roles to play. Uh, first of all, for research, uh, I help the department to develop research strategy related to language and education. Um, <clears throat> for example, we set up research teams and identify the strengths of our colleagues and capitalize on the existing research activities. As the director of the Center for Research in Education in Asia, I also work with colleagues to generate synergies which contribute to building and enhancing uh, the department's research environment. Um, so my other role uh, as a professor, of course, is involved in teaching. So for teaching, I'm involved in developing PhD seminars teaching MATSO program and undergraduate courses. Um, we have an excellent team or cluster at the department. We call it language and education cluster, which I am the leader. Our cluster members specialize uh, different topics related to language and teach language teaching and language learning. Mm. Uh, we have people working on, for example, learning motivation, language learning motivation, native speakerism, language policy, classroom discourse, teacher coordination, multiliteracy, and English as medium instruction. So our program contents are constantly renewed. We strive to keep our courses current, interactive, reflective, and challenging. Um, I think this is uh, my basic role as a, a professor in in the department professor how, how did uh, what, what advice would you actually give uh, to you know to our listeners you know in, in learning another language all advices i would give to well you know to learn a language there's nothing really new or, or you know particular you have to have an open mind and you have to be receptive and if we think about how children learn language, they spend hours and hours practicing uh, you know, different languages they learn or they use. So they play with their dolls, uh, using language to test, to hypothesize, and to learn new things. You know, you, you hear children talk to their toys. As an adult, I think there is no other way in learning a language other than practice and practice and practice. Mm. Practice makes it perfect. So um, I think we also need to think about what your interest, what you what you are curious about, right? So if you like music and use music as a tool to learn a language, if you like reading and use reading materials as a tool to learn language. So this is, these are basically you know, some of my own experience, based on my own experiences. You know, I, I like music. I always listen to music and I try to learn a few lyrics it's a through, uh, uh, through sound. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, you know, there's different methods and that's also, you know, one method. 
as well. Professor Zhao, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Unfortunately, we didn't speak to you that uh, long because the news is looming as well, but uh, maybe in a different show, we would love to get you on again. Thank you so much. Uh, until next time, peace be upon you. Thank you so much once again. Okay, thank you for having me, um, uh, having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, we want to thank all of our guests who who actually took uh, time out and uh, spoke to us uh, today. Uh, all the professors, uh, it's, it was uh, you know it was quite enlightful as well. Mm. Learning a different language is uh, you know very very important, mm. uh, especially in the modern world that we're living in with so you know, so much diversity. Um, you know, even if it's not. Even if you don't, if you can't speak mm. it properly, mm. know how to get your message across. You know, it, it's it's a it's a good skill. It's a good skill to you have. Even the Holy Prophet, uh, the founder of Islam, peace and blessings Allah be upon him, he was known as uh, an ummi, right? He didn't know how to read or write yeah. the Arabic language, even though he spoke it. He didn't know how to read and write. Mm. And uh, even when you know the first revelation came to him, and he was instructed to you know um, to, to read, to read yeah. he replied, um, "Ma ana yeah. I am not. I am not a reader. Yeah. Like I, I cannot yeah, read. I, cannot I, read, I, I yeah. do not know how to read." And but you know, obviously Allah the Almighty, you know, made it easy for him, and he did manage to obviously of course. learn it. The but, rest uh, is history, isn't it? The rest it? is mean, history. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. Uh, I mean, of co- of course, there's so much more that we can actually uh, talk about uh, and uh, you know uh, elaborate on as well. Maybe on a different show, we will save that uh, for uh, a different show. But mm. it's been an absolute um, delight, actually. Mm. Um, presenting on the show today with three very, very interesting topics that we actually shed light upon. Um, but also, as we are saying that, coming back to them, we can actually, you know, mm. maybe talk about other things yeah. as well. Thank you to all of our guests. Thank you to all of our researchers, producers. Always a pleasure speaking and presenting with you. Uh, and of course, the technical side on the studio. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.